All right, so uh, Brother David Smith, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, conversion and your calling into the ministry, what led you to uh, the work that you're doing now for God? Well, you know, I, um, I guess I could just start off with uh, born and raised in church, didn't always live for God, but uh, when I uh, probably got in, uh, probably around 20 years old, I really decided that, uh, you know, living for God would probably be the best thing for my life after through all the tragedies and things that had happened uh, through my life as a young person. And uh, just started praying, talking to the Lord. And then I just kept feeling a tugging at my spirit that something was changing. And uh, I yielded myself to the Lord. I kept giving myself to him. Uh, before you know it, I got called. Can you come here and help? Or I always love outreach. I always love winning souls. And, mm -hmm. and I just kept praying people through and I kept seeing people get the Holy Ghost. And before you know it, I was a youth pastor and then become associate pastor and went through home missions. And we did and just kept moving and kept moving. and. God just kept pulling at me and asking me, uh, you know, of me. And so I just yielded myself to the Lord. And that's what I did. I can't just give you one expected day that I heard this booming voice. It never happened like that. It was just something inside of me that knew that the world was going to hell and I needed to do something about it. Mm. So that's how it worked for me. All right, awesome. Like, so that leads us to uh, the next question. Um, Give some advice to somebody that might be listening right now on how they can discern the call of God in their life. Well, I think uh, God's going to call people that love the altar. God's going to call people uh, that have a concern for the lost. Uh, if you're doing it for fame and fortune, you're doing it for the wrong reason. If you're doing it because you think you're not going to have to work a secular job, uh, you're doing it for the wrong reason. There's going to have to be a burden in your spirit, not to be a burden in your mind that you want to reach. And then, uh, like Brother Ewan used to tell me, he said, uh, your ministry will make room for itself. So uh, I guess that's my deal. You just let your ministry make room for itself. If you got to constantly get on the phone and make phone calls, more than likely you don't have a ministry. You got to let people call you. You got to let God raise you up. Uh, the old saying in Louisiana is the cream will rise to the top. So what you got to do is you got to let it be God. God has to be the one calling you to do the work of the Lord. All right. Awesome. Thanks for that. Um, so our next question, um, one of your uh, uh, ministries that you're best known for is being an altar worker. So we're going to start off uh, in that portion by asking you how important would you say is the altar call portion of a church service? The whole service should be centered around the altar. The altar is the only, I mean the altar, when I say the altar, I'm talking about being conducive for people to get the Holy Ghost. To me, it's not the music. The Bible says we're saved through the foolishness of preaching, so it's not the preaching. It, it's, it's being able to connect to the people being able to meet the people at their need. To me, the altar is the most important thing in service. If people are not being saved and people are not being baptized in Jesus' name, then we're just like any other church. That's true. The altar is what changes. It's not the preaching. It's not the music. It's not the building. It's the conversion experience of Jesus' name baptism, speaking with other tongues, and living a righteous life. So to me, the altar 
is the most important thing. That's good. Uh, so what are some uh, spiritual points uh, of advice that you might give someone concerning working uh, in the altar? It's easy. Make yourself available. Communicate. Just tell people, this is what we're praying about. Make yourself available. You have to be repented. You have to. You need to have an open spirit. You need to have a clean spirit. If you're going to work in the altar, pray with someone who doesn't have the Holy Ghost. So make yourself available. Make sure your spirit's right. Make sure your motive is right. And then let God use you as a conduit. That's all you need to do. And if God will use you, and he will, if you make yourself available, mm -hmm. people will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Wow. Uh, so our next question is a little more uh, lighthearted. Uh, tell us some maybe some funny stories or experiences that you've had at, while working at the altar. I had a guy come to me, and he kept calling me Father. It was pretty cool. <laughs> so I knew where he was going, so I kept calling him Son. <laughs> and he asked me, he said, uh, uh, Father, are we going to uh, repent now? And I said, yes. And he started looking at side to side at the front of the building. And I realized he was looking for the booth. So I said, are you looking for the booth? And he says, I am. I says, you're in luck here. Today's open booth Sunday. And so we got a great kick out of that. So we repented. He received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he said, Father, or is it going to be open booth tonight? And I said, yes. And he said, I'm going to bring some of my workers and he brought four of his workers that night, brought them to the same spot where he got the Holy Ghost and turned around and told all four of his workers, this is where you catch the ghost. And I went down and we repented and they all caught the ghost. And I baptized all five of them in the name of Jesus. Oh, awesome. In a, in a horse trough tank. So, wow. uh, you know, Open Booth Sunday, you need to promote that. Open Booth Sunday, open booth Sunday. is what uh, will get people filled with the Holy Ghost. There you go. Uh Okay, so this next question, what would you do uh, when praying for someone that didn't receive the Holy Ghost after you're done praying, they don't receive it? What, oh, I, what would I, be some advice you might oh, give them? Encourage them, encourage them. Here, here's the guy, Here, here's the deal, guys. The worst service we've ever had in our church is better than the best service they've ever had in their church because we're people of the name. So if you pray with somebody and they don't get the Holy Ghost, no big deal. Because what they felt in our service, talking to God the way that we do, is far more than what they've ever received accepting the Lord as a personal Savior. So if someone don't get the Holy Ghost, no foul, nothing hurt. Just say what we felt today, that's just the beginning of what God's gonna do for us tomorrow or the next day. So no, no foul. No hurt if somebody don't receive the Holy Ghost. Because remember, you're not God. You can't give anybody the Holy Ghost. Yeah, that's true. All right, there we go. Awesome. Um, so what would be a, a proper way of laying hands on somebody? Because there's... I'm very careful. I never lay hands on someone unless I tell them. I get their permission. If I'm praying with a man, I gently lay my hand on his forehead. Guys don't guys don't want you woolen all up on and putting your hands all over. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're a guy and you're praying for a woman, you better not put your hands all over. You need to keep your distance. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Sometimes I'll hold them by their hand if their hands are out in front of me. 
uh, or I'll ask them, is it okay if I lay my hands on your head? I gently put my hand on their forehead. I don't palm their hair and mess up their hair and some of them mess up their makeup. Man, you do that, you, you have a witch on your hands. So uh, I just, I pray gently. Uh, I have had people say, I don't want anybody to touch me. You don't have to touch people for them to get the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. There is a scripture that says neglect not the gift of laying on of hands, but it doesn't, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. So if you're gonna lay hands on somebody, tell them. If they say it's okay, be respectful. Don't shake them, don't jerk on them, don't pull on them. Just gently lay your hand upon them and pray the prayer of faith. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, not, it's not how you put your hand on them. That ain't what gives them the Holy Ghost. It's true. It's them speaking with other tongues. That's the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Awesome. That's good. All right, we got um, not, not necessarily a question, but this will be um, the last thing I'll ask you to talk about. Uh, Talk to that person, just like they're standing in front of you right now, who is desiring to be used by God. Desiring to be used by God. First of all, you got to have an altar. God only taught one man how to build an altar. And then after that, man had to teach man how to build an altar. What you need to do is you need to find someone in your life that you can trust with your life that knows how to pray. Get them to teach you how to pray. Not just running around, hallelujah, 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 Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody that truly knows how to pray. And then when you learn how to pray, you need to pray in the Spirit. You, you need to give yourself. and You need to make place to pray in the Spirit. You need to take your time. Uh, don't get in a hurry. And then when you're done praying, you need to listen. You need to listen for that impression. You need to listen uh, for that still, small voice. And you need to then uh, let God direct you uh, and, and lead you. But I'm, I'm telling you, nothing's coming unless you pray and you fast. I don't care if you pray in the morning, at noon, at night, in the middle of the night. There's no bad time to pray. Mm -hmm. But I will say this. There's never a convenient time to pray. <laughs> you never have enough time in the day. Yeah. There's never enough days in the week. Mm -hmm. uh, there's not enough months in the year. There is never a convenient time to pray. Praying is not fun. Mm -hmm. Praying is work. Yeah. But if you pray, you will get results. And you won't be carnal. I know many carnal people that work in flesh because they understand flesh. But if you're going to be spiritual, you're going to have to pray. Wow. If you're going to work it under the umbrella of God, you're going to have to pray. Mm -hmm. Remember, the devil has power. Yeah. The devil knows what miracles are. The devil knows what healing is. The devil knows what tongues are. But I don't want to work under the things of the world. I want to work under the umbrella of the master. Mm -hmm. So you got to pray. You got to fast. You got to serve. You got to submit. That's what you got to do mm -hmm. to be used of God. Awesome. Without that, you'd just be another preacher. Mm -hmm. Another preacher's wife, just another run of the mill. You'll be Pentecostal. You won't be apostolic. There's wow. a difference. Mm -hmm. I have another question here. Yeah. I know you've been traveling around, you know, evangelizing, and you've been, you know, your pastor might be miles and miles away from you. Yes. How do you keep on, like, 
keep in contact with your pastor? I talk to my pastor every day. I call every day. Or he calls every day. I got five men in my life. I got the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher that I keep in contact with every week. But my pastor, I talk to him literally every day. It very seldom do I not get to at least say hello or text him some way. I communicate with the man of God every day. And so that's what I do because he's my spiritual covering. If he called me right now and said, I want you to come home, I would leave. I would go home. I know I'm scheduled here for a month, but it don't matter. I go home because I'm submitting. So you got to have contact. You got to have the man of God speaking into your life. I don't preach anywhere unless he knows. And I've been evangelizing almost 17 years. I talk to that man every day. So regarding regarding your mentors, I know if pastor is a given thing, but do you select how do you select your mentors? How do you I prayed. I prayed and the man of God that Jesus put in my life, I prayed and I made myself available to them. And I let God choose. And then when he saw fit, somehow I ended up with him in the same room, in the same meeting. And somehow when we got together, it was just like peanut butter and jelly. It just came together. And that's how it's always been. So I am, um, I guess I'm a, I guess I'm a searcher. You know, I don't want somebody speaking into my life that I don't know them. I don't want somebody speaking into my life that's not spiritual. I don't want someone speaking to my life that's on the edge. I don't want to be on the cutting edge. I want to be like Jesus Christ. <laughs> and so, Jesus helped me to put the right man of God in my life to rebuke, to sit straight, to mentor, to help me, and to keep me on the straight and narrow way. And, and, and if you have that in your life and they start rebuking and then you're going to go find another mentor, you're not submitted. If they start helping you and you don't like the way that the help's going and you go find somebody else, you're not submitted. I am submitted, number one, to my pastor. Whatever he says goes. And then I have the apostle and the prophet and the teacher and the evangelist, even though I'm an evangelist in my life, that I speak to almost, well, I can say every week. My pastor I speak to almost every day. And then on top of that, I have four elders outside of that five-fold ministry. But I just bounce things off. Men that are traveled, men that are apostolic. I don't have one Pentecostal in my I have all apostolic men. They don't care about preaching general conference. They don't care about preaching big meetings. All they care about is the will of the Lord and being holy unto God. 
To me, that means more than anything. That's what I do. I know I'm different, <laughs> but that's what I do. All right, Brother Smith, well, thank you for taking the time to be here with us today. And uh, I'm wondering if we can just uh, conclude this with you saying a prayer over the listeners right now. Yeah, sure. God, I'm asking you right now to let an angel Jesus. of the Lord to move into wherever they're at, wherever they're listening, whatever state of mind that they're in, God. I'm asking you, God, to put their mind into captivity. I'm asking you, Lord, right now to let the favor of the Lord rest upon them and let it bless on them and let the angels of the Lord go to them, God, that they understand how your power and your presence and your anointing works. So, God, I'm asking you, Lord, to let the favor of the Lord rest on each and every person, God. Let them find exactly, God, their purpose that you have for them and then let the Holy Ghost lead and guide them and God, let them be servants let it be submitted. And Lord, we're going to give you honor and praise and glory for the things that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Good deal. We're making it. <laughs>